Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals that you have for your life and what next steps do you want to take to get there. I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and welcome to episode 52. Now, before we go any further, make sure you are subscribing to this podcast and also following us on Instagram at I Dare You Pod. There you'll find exclusive content and a cool community you're not going to find anywhere else. And you'll also see video snippets, especially of this interview you're going to hear next. Our guest is none other than Mr. Dan Fielding. Some of you know Dan, but I'll bet you've never heard that name before. But you should, and you will. You're going to love meeting him because he is the author of a new book called The Asset Mindset. And this all started from his experience as a former Special Forces soldier. He's also a husband. He's a father of three children. But he grew up in the 70s, a hardworking blue-collar family from the Boston area. And when 9-11 happened, like for all of us, his life changed. And something clicked inside him where he decided to become a U.S. Army soldier. Special Forces Green Beret. And you can only imagine about how that experience helped him overcome great challenges and achieving goals that many others would find impossible. And after leaving the Special Forces, his, ex- his really cool experiences continued because he found himself working for Kid Rock and befriending other celebrities. And thanks to the asset mindset, he calls it, it allows him to share with the world and to help people free their minds from oppressive thinking and allowing them to overcome obstacles to achieve success in their lives. So what are you going to learn? A few things. Number one, the power of the mind. Number two, how gratitude can influence your thinking. And number three, I think you're going to be reminded that our life, life is such an adventure. An adventure that has ups and downs, but at the core of it, it's an adventure worth living with the right mindset. Welcome to episode 52. And here, everyone, is Dan Fielding. So, Dan, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. It's really good having you here. It's really great to be here. And I love the name of your podcast. I truly do. Like, I Dare You is just, it's fantastic. (laughs) Thank you, sir. And at the end of our conversation, I'm going to ask you, what is your I Dare You challenge? And I can't wait to hear your challenge for all of us. Uh, Before we get there, though, boy, you've got a story to tell, Dan. And we're going to talk about your book, The Asset Mindset. But before we get there... Give us just a rundown of your background and how did you land in your current role right now, what you're doing? Let's go there. Well, my background, I was born in the Northeast, just south of Boston, hardworking blue collar family. My father was a builder, built houses, and we were very uh, self-reliant. You know, he would work on everything and I was there as his little helper. And I just learned a work ethic from him. And that's what I think started the... um, progress and the path I ended up being on. When I was a teenager, I got into martial arts. That really helped with discipline, focus, you know, learning to work hard and did that. And after that, I went to college, went to college, got my degree in uh, communications and business management and 9-11 happened. And I was like, wow, okay. um, I want to support the troops. What's the best way to support the troops? Well, I guess I should be there by their side, you know, stand shoulder to shoulder with them. So I went into the recruiter's office and this was after doing lots of research because I didn't want to just go in there blindly. And I went in there with the mindset as I want to be a Green Beret and I want to be a special forces engineer. And the recruiter kind of laughed at me. He's like, "Okay, you're going to walk off the street and do that. You know, (laughs) who are you and what do you think? First, you got to take this test. You got to do this physical exam. Have you ever been arrested? You know, they're giving me the whole rundown. And I'm like, 
no, I'm good to go. He goes, all right, here's your contract. Sign up. Made it happen. Where were you on 9-11? I was at my parents' house visiting. And I was upstairs in the bedroom, came down for breakfast. And everything started going crazy. We're like, what's what's going on? You know, phone calls, news, turn, you know, watching the morning news. And I watched the second tower get hit live on the television. It was like, what happened? And then when the second one hit, we all knew, like everybody did, like, this isn't an accident. Somebody right. didn't just, you know, accidentally fly into one tower. And it just, it changed me. I was stuck to the TV, as most people, just glued, watching in awe, and just couldn't believe what I was seeing. So my parents lived on the water. I went out afterwards and just reflected by the river and was like, man, what am I going to do? Like, what do I do in my life now? You know, like, do I go to New York and help? What, you know, and it just, that was the, you know, match that lit the fire inside me to become the patriot and service member and person I am today. Wow. So that 9-11 moment, which changed the world and it changed each and every one of us to a different degree, did it happen right away? In other words, when did you decide that you wanted to get into the military? Was it right away or is it more of the, the feeling of I've got to do something? You're not quite sure what it was, like you were saying. Do I go to New York or or did you say the, the world is different and I'm I'm enlisting? It's it, it's on. I was always intrigued by the military. Um, I'm in that age group that, you know, I grew up with Rambo, First Blood and everything. It was like, wow, you know, we played G.I. Joe and and everything. So it was always like in the back of my mind. But I never felt the big, huge calling that like, oh, I needed to do that. There was never that, you know, like moment where it was like, wow, I need to like protect my country. I felt like we were under attack, which we were, you know, and it threatened our way of life. And uh, the year before, actually, I was just down in the Dominican Republic and I worked with an organization, Orphanage Outreach, and I stayed there for like a month building an orphanage. So I was already in that kind of giving back mentality Mm -hmm. and serving. Um, I've always liked to do that, but 9-11 just was like, okay, I got it. This is where I need to go and what I need to do now. Yeah. Well, yeah, That. thank you for sharing that story. And so you did some research then and U.S. Army, Green Beret, that's really specific. What was there about that that caught your attention? You could have gone to other branches, but what was there about that? I loved the fact that the Green Berets work with indigenous forces or local nationals. They embed themselves with the people. They don't just run and go do a mission. Now, not to knock anybody else in our military. There's other special forces branches, get a lot of attention, certain guys, you know. But they go in, they hit an objective, and they leave. If you go back to Vietnam era, if you look at what special forces do around the world, when I say special forces, that's Green Berets. Special operations is everybody's SEALs. I see. Thank you for like that. that. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Special forces is unique. There's the name for the Green Berets. So SEALs are SEALs, Rangers are Rangers. Uh, but getting back to the special forces mission, we work with the locals in a sense. Vietnam, it was the mountain yards. Um, Iraq was the Kurds. You know, Afghanistan, we were working with locals there. And I I love the fact, and I did mention earlier about my time in the Dominican Republic, working with the orphanage, you know, I got to work with the people and be there. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be with the people. I wanted to be boots on the ground. Also is the reason why I didn't become an officer. Because like I told you earlier, 
I had my college degree when I walked into the recruiter's office. He was like, oh, perfect. I got an officer candidate. I'm going to get, you know, some more points for my recruiting. I got this college guy to come in. I was like, no, I don't want to be an officer because I had done the research and realized that the officer timeline would be too long. I wanted to get in the fight as soon as possible. So if I went in as an officer, I would then have to go serve as a second lieutenant, first lieutenant, and then I could apply after my promotions to go to selection to try and become a Green Beret officer. If I came enlisted, I got to go straight through and go to special forces if I passed, of course, yeah. all the different you know hurdles along the way. So going into the military, your, your book, The Asset Mindset, is so good. I was listening to it, as I mentioned to you previously via email. Your dad, you talk a lot about your dad in this book, and you mentioned him just earlier. What did your dad think about this move that you were going into the military? Yes. Yeah, he, he was sad to see me go, but boy, he was proud. I mean, he carried a coin that I gave him that I didn't know. Like, I gave it to him, and I didn't realize he carried it with him everywhere, every moment. After he passed, my dad is now passed. Um, I went to the funeral home and was saying my last goodbyes. And they were like, hey, we found this in his pocket. And it was my special forces coin with my team number. And, and it was worn like an old quarter would be worn, you know, down. And he just always carried it with him. They took all his other effects in the beginning, but they didn't realize because he had a special pocket that he kept that in. Like, you know, we all kind of, oh, my wallet goes on this side. My keys right. go in this pocket. So his little, that little extra pocket in the jeans, that's where he would keep the coin. Wow. And, uh, they found it. So, yeah, we were very close, but he was super proud. And he was my first hero, like I say in the book, you know. Yeah, there's so many stories in the book, The Asset Mindset, in particular one about when you were uh, cutting out this stump and that interaction you had with your dad. Just really, really powerful storytelling. Post-military, what did your, where'd your career go and what are you up to right now? It's My career has been all over the place. So when I got off active duty, I um, went down to the Bahamas and I happened to run into Kid Rock, who was on the beach of the Bahamas and he's very, you know, patriotic supports the military. Sure. So I was there and I had to, you know, just tell him, thank you. And, you know, I go up, I say, hello. I say, thank you for all you do to support the troops. He's like, Oh, are you in? I'm like, actually, I just got out. I just got off active duty. He's like, well, what brings you to the Bahamas? I'm like, well, it's my birthday. He's like, what? It's your birthday. Well, let me buy you a drink. Thanks for your service. Lo and behold, we hang out for ending up being three days. I talk more about it in my book, so I don't want to ruin it too much. <laughs> That's one of those stories, you know, that, that we discussed that are in there. Right. But um, he was like, wow, you you got a job since you got out of the military? And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I got some things going on and, you know, some fishing lines out there, but nothing that's really bitten. And he goes, well, I'll, I'll be giving you a call in January sometime. And you know, I leave the Bahamas. He leaves. I'm like, yeah, right. Kid Rock's going to call me to like, work for him. Lo and behold, he's a man of his word. And he did. And I went to the Borgata in New Jersey, worked a show doing security for him. And he was like, I'm happy if you're happy. The job's yours. <laughs> so for two years touring, I worked with him. Things slowed down a little bit. And in between touring, I would uh, still do my Department of Defense work, training Green Berets, Navy SEALs, worked with MARSOC, all different groups. And um, I told him, I was like, look, I, I want to do more of the Department of Defense stuff because we didn't live near each other at the time. So I was having to fly in and it was kind of logistically, it was a nightmare a little bit. And I was like, yeah, no hard feelings. 
go right ahead, you know, and we stayed in touch. I happened to move to Nashville and he now lives in Nashville and he was like, hey, you want a job again? You don't want to come back? I could use someone I could trust. So now I'm currently back with him and uh, doing my book, which yeah. is fantastic. The, the accolades that I am getting from people and the notes and the feedback are so moving. I never imagined that I would get to change people's lives the way I have through a book. Like when I was in the military, I was like, oh, I'm going to fight. I'm going to go get the bad guys. I'm going to do this and do that to help change the world and make a better place. It goes back, I guess, to that saying, like that the pen is mightier than the sword hmm. because the book going out there, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps about some of the um, changes that it's made. One, one follow-up on Kid Rock. I'm a fan. What is the, what is your favorite part about about working in that environment, whether that's, you know, for Kid Rock or on tour. And what's the, what's the best part? Believe me, I know it's not all glamorous. I'm not digging for dirt. No, yeah, I'm yeah. saying, I'm saying, what is the best? What do you enjoy most about that? Well, I can tell you what meant the most to me. When I was transitioning, everybody's no secret. I was a Green Beret on an ODA. I was on a special forces team, 12 guys, tight family. I mean, I, they're all brothers to me. We're still in contact and whatnot. Transitioning back to the civilian world where you don't have that bond with people when you go to your next career, that next chapter of your life can be a struggle for a lot of veterans. And I think that's part of, you know, the suicide issue that we're struggling with. Going and working with Kid Rock, he has a Kid Rock family. Like the people in his crew are tight. They've been mm -hmm. around for years. You don't just get to be part of Kid Rock's crew, you know, out of the blue. You're like, you may be invited, but everybody there is a solid person. So I got to go from my special forces family to a kid rock family. So that made my transition to the civilian world much better. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's great. The asset mindset. And let's, let's shift gears now and talk a bit about this great book that you have. W why did you decide to write this book, Dan, uh, with all the things you could do with your life and your time and all of your experiences? Why did you decide to write the book? I would share stories with people when they needed help or they were down or struggling with an obstacle. Um, and I would just share the stories. And in doing so, I was helping a lot of people. And people are like, man, you should write a book. You should write a book. You've done so many different things. You've lived an interesting life. Like, why don't you share that and write? And I'm like, ah, oh, I, I can't even type. Like, that's one of the jokes in our family or whatnot. You know, like, how's a guy that, you know, uses four fingers, two on each hand, going to type a book with, you know, all these words, but yeah, I, I'm disciplined and I just push through. Define for us, what is the asset mindset? Uh, the asset mindset is a philosophy in which you realize you are your greatest asset in life and no one influences your life more than you. Second is that you need to surround yourself with positive assets and people and your environments that you're in. And the third aspect of the asset mindset is you need to be a positive asset to others and pay it forward and help the world around you. If you do those three things, you're pretty much limitless. You can't believe the amount of things you could accomplish, overcome. You know, the stories in my book, I have a friend of mine, Rami, who was shot in the neck. You know, he's paralyzed and he could have stayed at home and been, oh, 100% disability for the rest of my life. Oh, woe is me. You know, I was a Green Beret warrant officer. I was a ranger. And now look at me. Nope. He's got Stay and Step Institute. He's leading that and helping people still and helping people that have spinal damage, um, injuries, 
learn to walk again. I mean, it's all in your mind. People run without legs. You know, people read without sight. I talk about that in my book. You got Braille. Like, you can do it. That's the asset mindset. Whoa. I've heard you talk on, on interviews and in the book, you talk about, about gratitude. Uh, and you just brought it up about a specific example about no matter what the situation you're in, I believe you said it could always be worse. Give, give us your thoughts on that. Gratitude is an amazing tool. Gratitude I found in my own personal life and sharing it with others, it can change your life. People get stuck in this victim mentality. Oh, I don't have this or this happened to me or that happened to me. Most of us that are going to be listening to your podcast are listening on a, I don't know, $1,000 phone, $2,000 computer, you know, like we have running water, like look at human history. We have so many things to be grateful for. It's an amazing time to be alive. Yeah, there's problems in the world. I'm not saying everything's rainbows and unicorns, but if you can have gratitude and look at like, wow, I have a roof over my head. Or even if you don't have a roof over your head, like, look, I have this jacket or I have these clothes or, you know, I have some food, right? There's always a way that you can look at your life as long as you're alive and have gratitude. It's all perspective. You know, one of the more powerful stories in your book for me is that's, that uh, resonated with me was uh, you told a story about a uh, paratrooper jump, uh, uh, jumping out of a C-130. And yes. the, there's an individual that you, know, you were second in line. And the person in front of you was experiencing that fear and that doubt. What a wonderful story. But that got me thinking about in my own life, where am I fearful? Where do I have doubts? And I think everyone listening to the podcast, we all know that we have, we have fears and we have doubts. And there's a lot of things that we're doing in our life that we're just not moving forward on because of those fears and those types of doubts. How does the asset mindset help us confront things and take action? What do you think? Well, I think when you have the asset mindset and you start living with the asset mindset, you see fear as an opportunity because most of the time when you're afraid, that means things are going to change, you know, and change can be good. Change can be bad. Yes, there's always, you know, positive and negative. But if you want to make positive change, you got to face some fears, you know, like in my story, that gentleman, he was very afraid. I mean, he was a grown man crying, tears coming down his face, but he displayed courage and he jumped out on his own. And that was amazing to see him take that leap of faith or overcome that fear. And anybody can do that. You know, there's a, there's a study that I just saw, uh, Dan, it's out of University of Chicago, and it's a big social science study it looked at over 10,000 people. They surveyed them and it had to do with goals and how they view not only goal setting, but their progress on goals. And the short story is this, or the result was this, that so many of these individuals, they, when they miss their goal, they look at themselves as a failure. And the point of the study was, look at how far you've come. If you look back at when you, where you were before you started going toward your goal, you've come a long, long way. But yet we naturally go to this mindset of, not only I failed, but I am a failure. Give us your asset mindset response to that or build on that University of Chicago study. I think I've talked about Whereas people look at the stars, I want to reach for the stars, these great goals. And as they're trying to reach, they've climbed Mount Everest. Like you could be on top of this amazing feat. You know, that's an analogy I use when I talk to people. But I think people need to shift and say, oh, I can't or I failed or how do I? Getting that, how do I? Okay, all right, I didn't make my timeline for that goal. 
example, how do I set a new timeline? How do I get to this goal? You know, this isn't working. Well, guess what? You got a phone and the GPS. When there's a car accident, what do you do? You get rerouted or you go around. There's a detour. There's detours in life. Life isn't a straight line for anybody. So when you get one of those, just, all right, figure it out. How do I get to that goal now? And you can do it. Now, okay, it's been out. And you mentioned that it's really, you're getting some incredible feedback. What is, in what ways is this book striking a chord with people? Well, I think one of my favorite stories is I had a gentleman that, that read my book. He's like, ah, oh, it's a really good book. I, I really like it. And he goes, I had it on my nightstand. And my daughter, who's dealt with mental illness, anxiety, depression, all through her teenage years was struggling. They sent her to special counselors, spent all kinds of money trying to help her. One night she took my book away and started reading it. He didn't know. And then he was like, hey, what, what's going on with you? You're acting different. And she goes, oh, I, I took your book off your nice now. I've been reading it and it, it's really helping me. Nice, Dan. And he goes, that's when I knew your book was a great book. He goes, your book did more for my daughter dealing with anxiety and depression than all the money I spent, all the therapy, all the hours. He goes, I am buying your book this past Christmas. He goes, for everybody that's in my family, my nieces, my nephews, he goes, because I see what it did for that young man. And that to know that it changed her life and how a father, me being a father, when you try and help your children that are struggling, you go want to move, you know, mountains to help them. Yes. And that my book was able to do that for that young woman and her dad having some relief, like she's, you know, progressing and improving her life. Like that to me was priceless. And it just added more fuel to my fire that I got to get this out there for people. Yeah. That had to feel, that had to feel great. What is there about the Green Beret and the mission and the motto of the Green Beret that is just this North Star for you? It's to free people from oppression. As a Green Beret, I did it physically with, um, you know, missions and going to get the bad guys. Um, it's Deo Presser Liber, Latin, and that's our motto. And now I'm off active duty and I still believe in the motto and I wanted to kind of free people from oppression. And I think people oppress themselves with their own mind and their way of thinking more than anything else. And I was like, I want to take that and attack that and transition that model from special forces into civilian life. And that was the birth of the asset mindset. I think it's so cool though, when, when, whenever we're doing, we have these, um, we have personal missions or mission statements or mottos or we work for a company with a mission statement. And for all of us listening, it's important to, to be affiliated with something that really taps into our values. When we can do that, the work just takes on a whole different meaning. What I admire about you and that story is not only from a special forces standpoint about what, what connected with you, and I can hear it in the stories. And when I'm reading the book, I can see it in the stories. And just the one you shared about that, that young lady um, who's benefited from it. But there is such transformative power in making sure you are either connected with a vocation that does that, or if you're not, Dan, look for it, go find it. And that's the part two or the second thing of having the asset mindset, you know, is putting yourself in those environments that are positive assets, you know, for life. A life without purpose is very 
sad and boring. And I believe that's part of the reason why so many people are depressed. If you don't believe in what you're doing, that's a, that's a heavy weight to carry on your back. When you believe in what you're doing and you think you're making a difference or you know you're making a difference in people's lives or at the career you're in, that, that's a game changer. I mean, mentally, you just feel so much better with having purpose. So the, listening to that, there are some who are maybe saying, you know, fist pump saying, absolutely. There may be some listening, though, that are, that are listening and saying, I have, I have no idea my next step on how to do that. I mean, it sounds good, Dan and Darren, on what you're saying, yeah. but how do I take these next steps to start just taking a small micro step to get into an asset mindset? What advice would you have for us, Dan? The first thing I do is you need to take some self-reflection. You need to step back and you know, have time to yourself, go for a walk in the woods, do some meditation, you know, get alone with your thoughts and then start thinking of what makes you happy and how could you improve your life and the lives of other people around you. If you spend some time doing that, your inner guidance, God will, you know, drop hints in your head. And I say, follow your gut, follow your spirit, and it'll take you to the right places. You know, I, one of the takeaways from your book for me was it was a military motto that you had in there is not making a decision is the worst possible decision you can make. Never thought about it, Dan, that way before, that when I'm trying to decide to take a next step, it's not just a one decision. Actually, if I decide not to, that's the decision. So either way, either way, you're making a decision. Okay, Dan, when I was looking at the reviews, getting ready for this interview, one of the reviews said this, this book is a big game changer. A lot of people will benefit. I plan on reading this book multiple times a year. I, I read a lot, Dan. I read a lot of book reviews. And I, that is, I don't see that very often where someone will say, I, and I've seen it in several other reviews. I, I read it once and I read it twice. And I'm going to read it again several times a year. Why would someone then have that type of mindset to read it again and again and again? What are you hearing from people? But why do you think that's the case? I think it's, because there's so much in there as far as things and tools that you can use to change your life. Like even myself, I go back in and before, you know, certain things, I'll read a chapter and it helps me stay focused because yeah. the asset mindset, it's not just a story. Like it's a way to live. It's a philosophy. I mean, I talk about, you know, the dragon warrior code in my book or whatnot. So like the asset mindset is evolution or evolutionary for people. Like they want to reread it because, hey, it changed me and I learned something. And I know I can learn more if I reread it again, something else now is going to be more applicable in my life. Yeah. So they realize it, it is a tool. Yeah, I, th I think that's, that's, I agree with that. And here's what also hit me when you were saying that having a mindset is not just a, an event where it's like, boom, okay, I now have the asset mindset. It's, it's like a muscle or a, a skill. You need to practice it and nurture it. And like you're saying, we're always changing and evolving. So you always really need to be feeding the brain with this reminders. Yeah. And I've had people tell me that, you know, when they're having a tough time or they need to make a decision about work or moving or life, or there was a loss in the family, a death, they'll pick up my book and they'll use it to like comfort themselves or to overcome whatever obstacle they're experiencing. So many people need this message or need the asset mindset in their life. They do. And just, and again, the way you're doing it, I think is really cool. Immediately in chapter one, you're in the middle of a C-130 getting ready to jump out of a plane and uh, 
the storytelling. It's remarkable. And I'll, I'll tell you just some feedback, Dan, too. With your background in special forces, I, I expected, I don't know, I expected to have more, more war stories, but your focus clearly was how can you help others in, in their lives as opposed to telling stories of special forces. And again, was that intentional or am I, you think I'm off base on that? I thought it was really well done. No, you're absolutely target spot on on that. I mean, you're, you're zeroed in on it. You're hitting on the point that the asset mindset is a special forces perspective and it's not about me. It has stories about me, about people around me in my life. But the asset mindset is a book for you or the reader. It is not something like, hey, look how great and wonderful I am. Look at these missions. Look who I captured. And that's not what the asset mindset is. If you're looking for that, you got to go read some other special forces guy or some Navy SEALs book about the missions and how amazing they are as a warrior. That is not the story of the asset mindset. Well, well well done. Again, I think it matches with with the motto of uh, Green Beret and uh, Free the Oppressed. Uh, I think you hit it. Hey, Dan, what's what's the best way to follow you and to stay in touch with all the cool things you're up to? Um, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I do have a website. You can go to my website and you can get in contact with me there. I believe that's what you did. So mm-hmm. it does work. I do reach back out if people you do. send messages to me. What do you hope that the reader would think or do differently as a result of reading this great book? I th- think... I want them to walk away with that I am more powerful than I realize, and I can actually change my life and change the world, because you can. People tend to think we can't, but you can. Like, I never would have imagined when I was a teenager or whatnot that I was going to be a Special Forces Green Beret, an elite soldier. I never would have imagined that I'd be friends with and work for an amazing rock star, Kid Rock. I mean, I was in college listening to his music. Now I know him and, you know, like yeah. you would think, oh, that would never happen. Those things happen. You know, even Kid Rock says it. He goes, I never imagined I'd be driving around in the Rolls Royce when I was in high school. Like people were <laughs> like, oh, you're not going to succeed. You're some stupid rapper. And, you know, that's going nowhere. But you can do it. And it's work ethic. It's focus. And it's believing in yourself. Understanding no one influences your life more than you do. What, what's next for you, Dan, 2023 and beyond? What are you most excited about or what's giving you a lot of joy and purpose? Um, I got a couple things in the works. I'm working on a workbook because of the feedback that I've received from the asset mindset. People are like, boy, if you could have a workbook with exercises to help me with my mind. Now we're talking. So I'm working on that in between some stuff I'm doing. And then I'm looking forward to speaking. And I, I love being in front of people. I just, I love that interaction. And seeing the, the spark, you know, when you see that light come in someone's eyes that they're like, oh, I get it. Or, yeah. the, you know, they have that excitement and the passion come out. There's, there's nothing more special than that. Well, Dan, it's not every day that we have an elite special forces uh, soldier and a person like you on the podcast with your experience. So I'm dying to ask you this. What's your I dare you challenge for all of us? What do you got? I dare you to get the asset mindset. Not, oh, get the book, great, fine. But I dare you to get that mindset to live with. You know, and of course, I dare you to be healthier and get smarter and all those things. But I dare you to live with the asset mindset. Great. It's a practical challenge and one we can all do. And hey, Dan, uh, one other question for you. You mentioned you're, you're a dad. How many children do you have? 
I have three children. All right. Uh, my son and two girls. Okay. All right. So you're your dad. And obviously we talked about your dad earlier. What advice do you have for those young, young people out there or those parents about parenting advice? What, what have you learned? Uh, lead by example and be open and honest with your kids. You know, you, you need to be straightforward with them. Don't shelter them too much. You know, life can be hard sometimes. Teach them how to overcome the obstacles. Teach them how to deal with those hard times and they will succeed. And always, always remember they're watching. So don't say one thing and do another. You know, if you could go back in time at that, uh, um, when you're standing by the, by the water on 9-11 and just thinking about things, uh, what advice would you give that, Dan, if you could go back? What, what would you tell him? Uh, advice. That's, that's a great one. Um, I would say probably hold on and keep pushing forward because you're about to go on one hell of a ride. Because <laughs> that's how I feel. I feel like my life is one hell of a ride, you know, and I'm just, all right, let's take it as far as we can. And I'm going to keep pushing forward and keep growing. And, you know, it's amazing. Life is amazing when, when you start thinking positively and realizing all the things that you can do and don't limit yourself. I think that's a perfect way to end this conversation. Dan, I, it has been so much fun and an honor to have you on this podcast. To you and to the men and women who served with you, you have my gratitude, our gratitude. Thank you, Dan, for your service and for being on this podcast and making the difference also with the asset mindset. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It was a pleasure and an honor to be with you, and it was an honor to serve. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Okay, we just had a cool opportunity, didn't we, to meet former Special Forces Green Beret Dan Fielding and to get his take on mindset, where he's taking things. One thing that struck me when I was talking to Dan, and especially when I was editing the interview, is just how grateful I am for Dan and for the other men and women who serve our great country. Without people like Dan, who, who bring our values to the world and protect us and to protect our freedoms, we're a completely different country. And the way they approach their lives in a selfless way, as you heard it from him, and this, this attitude of life as an adventure and wanting to help people is just so refreshing to hear. And it's, it can't be said enough. Thank you to Dan. Thank you to everyone who has served and is serving protecting our way of life. And now my challenge to you is to find that one thing that you're going to be doing differently in your day today that would help you practice the asset mindset. You know, for me, I, I keep going back to this discussion we had about how mindset is not just an event. It's, it's something you need to practice and to be really intentional about it. Left to its own devices, the mind will go negative and we need to feed our mind with the good things. Podcasts that you're listening to, hey, the fact you're listening to this podcast tells me a lot right there. Feeding your mind the good stuff. So you listened to it. You loved it. Now, who are you going to share this episode with? Because having the asset mindset is a game changer. Also, follow us on Instagram at IDareYouPod. Also, follow me at Darren Johnson one And let me know your biggest takeaway from this episode. Uh, and also, copy Dan Fielding as well. Tag us both. We'd love to know. Uh, we really get energy from your feedback from these episodes. You're listening and you're sharing and you're spreading the word. And I want you to know how much I appreciate it. you got a lot of options, a lot of choices in this world with podcasts and YouTube and everything. And yet, you're here. And I appreciate you. So thank you. So now get ready for episode 53 next week. Uh, it is a great guest. We're going to be talking about relationships 
and dating, and I'm going to leave it right there. You got to hear it. I'll see you next week on the I Dare You podcast. It's going to be a good one. I'll see you then.